Welcome to the Ryan and Nate's Business Podcast. Come listen to these two blue-collar business guys. Nate, your go-to automotive repairer, and Ryan, your local heating and air contractor, talk about business, how to help you, and hear stories from our local unsung heroes. Community matters to them, and so does a healthy business. Here's Ryan and Nate. Hey, everyone. Thank you for joining our podcast today. We have Will Lowe. Will is a restaurant connoisseur. He owns two local restaurants. If this guy is doing business in our area, if anyone's doing business in our area, it is this guy. He is managing... You have like 12 kids, um, (laughs) a home, renovations restaurants, you're buying restaurants, you're taking over restaurants, you're making them better, and you're being a staple in our community. So thank you, Will, for joining us on this podcast. Yeah. Yeah, Will, it's awesome having you, man. Uh, I To actually get to know you, I've been at your restaurants, so it's actually cool to be able to get a chance to know your story a little bit. So, Will, tell us the name of your restaurants and um, the name of them and what what the niche is, I guess. Like, what do you serve? Yeah, well, thanks guys for having me. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here. Um, it's a pleasure to be a part of the Arbutus community and to have restaurants here as well. Um, the first restaurant that I had was started three years ago called Rathskeller, uh, located in Elk Ridge. It is Howard County's only German restaurant. And um, yeah, obviously we serve German street food, uh, schnitzels, worse, uh, do a lot of beer and do some German Austrian wine and handcrafted cocktails. We partner with Myrtle Woods Farms, which is located in Elk Ridge across the street, actually, from uh, where we are located. And we also partner with a uh, local beef farm uh, out in Western Howard County. And we try to use those products as much as we can. Um, And we're really known for platters. So people come in with uh, a group of friends or their family and they can get a bunch of different things um, and just have a grand old time. Platter it up. That's a good idea because some of my friends said, I'm like, hey, you got to try out this German restaurant. They're like, I don't like German food. And I'm like, you don't, you've never even had German food. But that's that's a good sell. Yeah. And what, what, when, I went, when I went there, they did a great job of like telling me like what to put on the platter, like to make it so that, because like, I, I, you know, I don't know if it's just me, but sometimes when I go to restaurants and I don't know, I don't know what I'm doing. Um, I love someone to guide me through it. So I needed that when I went into Rathskeller. Absolutely. It was great. Are you that w- same way, Will? When you go to a restaurant, you're like, oh, I want them. Or are you picking what you're ordering? Uh, it depends on what restaurant I go to. Uh, sometimes I know what I want. Sometimes uh, I don't. So when I don't uh, and I'm not feeling particularly picky, sometimes I just don't even look at the menu and I say, pick something for me. Uh, okay. But uh, so, yeah, that was three years ago. And then uh, I. Ross Sellers, that yep. one. What's the next one? And what's the next one after that? You got a third one coming? What do you got? I'm in talks. I'm in talks for a third one, but. What? Are you allowed to tell us what it is? Uh, the only thing that I can say is it's a cocktail bar concept. Great. Love it. Great. And what area? And in and, and the Arbutus area, Elkridge, uh, where, which direction are you going? Ellicott City. Ellicott City. Okay. So it's still Great. not finalized yet, so I don't want to jump too far ahead, but that is, uh, we're, we're hoping that works out. 
Hey, if they're anything like the cocktails at Rossteller, I, t- I mean, I tell people to go there alone for the right. cocktails. We took a cocktail class there. Uh, you let my wife and I do that, and that was super fun. And then that got her like kick charged nice. on like making cocktails. And you know what happens after the wife's had a couple cocktails? Uh, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Thank you, uh, Will. So now she's got her own little cocktail set. That's awesome. It's it's great. <laughs> you, you, you did did you immediately go and buy this cocktail set, Ryan? Uh, dude, yeah, I'm. She's playing checkers. I'm playing chess. Okay, I knew what I was doing. <laughs> Let's go. No, it's a good it's a it's a good hobby of hers, and she loves it, and I love that she loves it because it's really fun. And you know, we'll she'll make her own cocktails, and I get to try them. Like it's the best thing ever. Right. So thank you, Will, for allowing us to have that class because that was really fun and. I don't know if your GM is a mixologist, but that's what I tell everyone because homegirl's making her own like lavender extract and like p- putting like tea bags into tequila bottles to make it taste this way. I'm like, what is going on? Right, right. So a lot of that stuff that that is in our cocktails comes from Myrtle Woods Farms too. Um, uh, okay, cool. So they they provide us with that lavender and the different flowers that we use and the different herbs and stuff like that. For- it, is, is that harder or, um, you know, I, I noticed a trend years ago of restaurants going to like locally sourced stuff and I just support that. I think that's amazing. Yeah. Is it, would it be easier for you to just order it from some big supplier? Is it, is it extra work to like create these networks of local people? Uh, yeah, absolutely. It is harder, but it's more sustainable and it supports local community, like families, you and I, uh, that uh, that are running these farms, you know, they're she's it's it's uh, it's the Rogers family. It's Bill and uh, Ryan Rogers, and they have two kids uh, about our kids' age. And um, you know, the the whole idea of supporting them is they're growing stuff uh, organically that we know how they're growing it. Uh, the quality is very high. Uh, the price might be comparable to a distributor. But it's not really about that. It's about putting money directly into their pockets and supporting them and having that brand and having that freshness that's in our restaurant uh, instead of having a local distributor that is distributing, I don't know, lettuce that comes halfway across the country. Uh, right. You don't have to ever worry about E. coli or some no, or, that kind or, of stuff. Or, you know, the, the, the lettuce farm is run by... You know, nothing gets billionaires. The cartel? Yeah. You know, nothing gets billionaires or rich people, but, you know, we don't know who, who this money is going to. Whereas when I buy the lettuce from Earl West Farms, I know that this lettuce is paying for their kids, you know, school and va- their, their summer vacation that they're going to take or, or whatever. All right. I, I love it. I love it. Um, you know, the fact that there's like a, a cycle that, that goes around. Cause I mean, that's why I would rather go to a restaurant like yours than a big chain that I could get anywhere in the country. Sure. Um, because I, I love, I love going to local restaurants. I'd rather find when my wife and I visit somewhere, I'd rather find that little hole in the wall place. Yeah. It's local. And it's really cool that you're doing local creating that, but then you're also getting things locally. Yeah. So it's like a, it's a circle of life kind of thing. Nothing streams Austin, Texas than the local Applebee's, right? <laughs> right. No, no one, no one goes, yeah. No one goes on vacation and says, yeah, yeah. I checked out the Olive Garden. Yeah. Right. Yeah, when you when you're going to Austin, Texas, maybe you'll pick up a local brisket, or you know, when you're going to LA, yeah, 
When I went to Houston, I went to the the pit, and that joint was the best barbecue I've ever had. In yeah, my life. exactly. So it's uh, I don't know. It's just uh, why not is is more, is what I like to say um, when I have choices. So tell us about Martha's and why is it named Martha's? Oh yeah, so Martha's Cafe was um, uh, it's been open three months now. Uh, I took it over uh, in May of last year. That's twenty twenty two. Um, basically the place had been for sale. Um, and then it went up to auction. Uh, Megan and I had always said when we first moved to the neighborhood, uh, still moving our furniture in, we were like, man, we're hungry. We're tired. Let's go out to eat. What's in town. There's Paul's restaurant. Food wasn't exactly what we were looking for. Uh, and, but the place was nice. You know, they had these big windows It's right next to a movie theater we were like, man, if this place ever came for sale, like th- we would totally do something here. And sure enough, it did. And uh, Martha's Cafe is named after a stuffed zebra named Martha, who my uh, that my wife got when she was about 13 years old. Uh, she was first diagnosed. She was diagnosed with leukemia, mm. uh, and that was her first like big gift that she got while she was in the hospital. Wow. Uh, sometime around Easter. Um, so Martha accompanied her throughout her leukemia, uh, uh, stories, path, whatever you want to call it. Um, and, uh, you know, was right with her through all the chemo treatments and, uh, the bone marrow transplant that eventually ended up uh, saving her life. Mm. And so it really is a testament to not just a simple stuffed animal, but also to, you know, her journey of overcoming childhood leukemia, uh, the memories that she had in the hospital, uh, being like on death's doorstep and uh, kind of testament to her family uh, and also to all the friends that didn't make it out of the hospital. So it's, uh, yeah, you know, we hope that one day we'll be at, at a good enough spot at Martha's Cafe to be able to uh, send some profits towards Leukemia Lymphoma Society and uh, trying to like be a part of that community as well because um, you know it's it's not it's not a fun thing to talk about but it's uh, it's it makes us kind of uh, have this restaurant with a little bit of purpose. I was going to ask if if was that a decision you guys came to like after some time or did you like know immediately that's what we wanted to have kind of the theme of this place be or what? Yeah, so. Uh, we knew right away. Um, Megan's favorite, my wife Megan's favorite, uh, uh, kind of like restaurants and and uh, where she likes to spend a lot of our money. Unfortunately, is at coffee shops. So, <laughs> <laughs> so we really wanted that vibe, and we love like breakfast food and diners, and you know the kids love pancakes, and um, so we really we came up with this concept pretty quickly, uh, and. Um, with a lot of certainty that we wanted this to be like a place for families where someone could get pancakes, but someone else could get a burger, Yeah, you know, or kind of like, uh, you know, when we go out to, uh, we have a cabin, uh, in West Virginia, mm-hmm. well, it's not mine, but it's our families. And there's not a lot of family run restaurants there. So unfortunately, you know, we do dine at the Denny's a lot. Yeah. Um, but you know, the, like that's the kind of vibe that we were going for, like a diner vibe, but 
updated, more. Yeah. You know, that's why we call it Martha's Cafe and not Martha's Diners because we want we wanted a little bit uh, more more my style. Yeah, a little bit higher scale. Um, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, I love I love both restaurants. My favorite thing at Roth Cellar is probably just getting a brat on that pretzel bun is unbelievable. <laughs> um, and then like pairing that, I don't know what the drink's called. I call it the purple drink. Um, it's got a flower in it, and I I, I have yeah. no shame. That was called Blossoms and Bond, and okay, it was. You don't have to say the name drink. to everybody. Get this Blossoms <laughs> and Bond. That that was uh, that was that was a killer drink. Um, it's currently shelved for the season. Oh, scarcity! A little scarcity. I like it. It makes people like, oh yeah, I need to make sure I. Well, I've I've been doing keto for the last month, um, really the last month and a half, and uh, yeah, and but I've I was trying the Ashley in the country the last time I was there, and that was really good too. Um, but I love I can go to Rossdeller no problem because I can just get like two brats and I'm happy. Um, but like the you know as far as keto friendly, I haven't been going out as much. I think my favorite thing at Martha's is. It's what it's it's called Martha's Breakfast, right? Yep. Is that the yeah Martha's Breakfast? That's my favorite thing. The home fries, side of scrapple, the eggs. That's where. Yes. I'm oh, and you put this you put this amazing stuff on the toast. It's like oh, it's yeah. like sweet. What is it? It's uh yeah. I'm glad you probably brought it's that a, up. Is that's that a kind honey? of uh, yeah. That's uh that's maple butter. So we put a little bit of maple syrup. Oh wow! As we blend the butter. So it's like, uh, yeah, kind of like you know the two best breakfast condiments in one. <laughs> Mix them together. Yeah, I had uh, when I went to Martha's, I, I had French toast, man, um, and it's it's like I love the French toast, absolutely. It was so good, man. And the other, so it's only been open three months, so I've only had an opportunity. That was the only time I came was that one time. So far, I took my son there for breakfast. And, um, what I loved is cause I, cause I grew up in two, one, two, two, seven. So I've, I've lived my, except for two years when I was at college in Florida, I've lived in my entire life in two, one, two, two, seven. So I remember when the movie theater burned down, um, I was, I was, I, I still remember I was going to, uh, I was, I was going to a driver's ed class and I saw the flames of the movie theater. Oh my! And God. so I don't even know if you guys remember that or know about it, but that was like, if you've been around Arbutus and people mark time by when the movie theater burned down. And, um, I remember Paul's, I think it was damaged at that time. Um, if I'm not mistaken. And, um, and then as an adult, I would meet there for breakfast with my dad and talk business in the morning at Paul's. And so when they, when they went out of business and you, you came in, I was like skeptical. I was like, uh, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't even that I absolutely love Paul's or anything, but it was just, it was just consistent. It was just the thing. And so coming there the other right. day, what I, what I noticed immediately was one, I walked in the door and I had like three people that knew me. It's like a community place. Um, and it hasn't lost that. So walking in the door, I immediately like had to walk over and say hi to two different people because I knew them. And I thought that was cool. And, um, and then your staff is just, I, I don't know how you do it, but your staff, everyone seemed excited about the food and excited about, um, making sure I understood everything and super friendly. And I, I just think it is super great vibe. I just really like the vibe. It's definitely, to me, it was definitely an improvement on what I remember from, from years. Well, that's great. I, I mean, th at the end of the day, you know, a lot of people were scared, especially the Arbutus, uh, 
the locals that really liked Paul's, they were scared about like what was happening, what was to come. And, um, you know, I live in Arbutus. You know, the last thing I want is to be shunned in my own town. So I definitely <laughs> didn't want to, uh, I didn't want to do that. Um, I, I wanted to do a restaurant where I would be happy with, with what I'm doing, but I also don't want to lose all the good things that people did like about Paul's, which was that community feel, the great hospitality. Um, and then, you know, good food is always paramount to, to restaurants. I feel like you can't really run a restaurant without good food. So, um, yeah. And, and you remodeled that place too. Like you remodeled it in a way that it didn't, it's not like totally different. It didn't like, it's like you honored the past, but like, it's just awesome in there. It's just totally upgraded. I love it. Yeah. We, we, we blew up the, uh, the middle part, um, just to create a lot more space, uh, for people to kind of like walk around and, and, uh, you know, see each other, for example. Um, so, you know, sitting at one table, you could see who was at, at the other end, like a free flowing thing of the restaurant. Um, and just have a kind of, again, um, we got some nice, like Victorian style drop ceilings. That's the kind of stuff that Megan personally likes. So, uh, this restaurant is really just, uh, more, so the, you know, what's funny is the other day we had some people come in to take a look at the space uh, th- we're planning on doing some, uh, painted murals on the, on the big one, on the big wall, on the, on the right hand side of the, of the dining room. That's currently just like white. Um, so she was, she was like doing some measurements and some sketches and she was like, you know, when I was at the rat I felt like that place was very masculine and that this place is like very feminine. And mm. I was like, that's a great description. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. That is actually, yeah, that's actually good. Yeah. I like that a lot. Um, that is really, really cool. I think, um, I like the concept of the Marthas and the, you know, the, the zebra. I love the whole thing, man. It's, it's great. And then you're adding ice cream, uh, at some point. Yep. Um, so scoop and paddle is this really cool, um, ice creamery based on Clarksville, Maryland that uses local milk. Um, she prides herself in, uh, creating nut free treats. Um, and as someone whose oldest son is deathly allergic to tree nuts, that really spoke to me. So mm-hmm. I use her, I used her ice cream at, uh, Rathskiller and obviously at Martha's too. And she basically was working out of this co-op kitchen and the rent was going way up and, you know, she's just like selling ice cream. So she decided to just kind of, um, you know, both her ki- kids are in college or just graduating from college. So she's kind of, you know, overrunning that kind of concept. And um, she offered the ice cream concept to me. And we had the space at Martha's, a lot of a lot of nice freezer space, a lot of kitchen space for her equipment. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't a lot of equipment. It was just like three pieces of equipment. And um, so she occupies one wall in the back kitchen and then move some of her like ice cream dipping case, ice cream dipping case cases into the dining room. So um, if you go to Martha's right now, you'll be like, Ooh, what's this? Um, we're technically not supposed to sell it quite yet, but we are uh, in the process of and in the it, rules a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> if I slip you a 20, if I come in, can I get like two scoops? Well, so we can't sell the ice cream, but that doesn't mean we can't give it away for free, right? Ah, there we go. Okay, that's even better. I, I, I don't understand what's wrong with that. That's awesome. Oh, sweet. Free ice cream at Martha's. That's what I'm talking about. 
Yes. <laughs> with with the purchase of a breakfast <laughs> yeah, right. or lunch or dinner. <laughs> T- tell me about the the German influence of Raskeller. Like the I, and I guess it's leading into like another thought I had just from the, like, I want to pivot a little bit to some business stuff, just like decisions that you made to get here. And, um, I you know I feel like opening multiple restaurants, many people would do it in the way of like just opening another location. Like these are wildly different fields. And, and so like, where did the German influence come from? And like, how is that? Why is it so different than Martha's? Yeah. Uh, well, number one, um, I came upon the Rathskeller. I'm not the original owner of the Rathskeller. The original owner is the current landlord who bought the building, wanted to kind of uh, put a restaurant at the at the basement of the building, call it the Rathskeller. I was brought on as a consultant. I was selling wine at the time. Um, Ryan probably saw all the uh, empty wine bottles at the end of my driveway here on recycling day, but I thought um, you were just an alcoholic. I was <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good stuff. It was not in the boxes. <laughs> so I was, um, brought on as a consultant and I told him, I was like, you know, Ratzkeller means basement bar in German. You've ever thought about doing a German restaurant? And he was all for it. So we opened, um, as a German restaurant in October, 2019, right before the pandemic hit. When the pandemic hit, he had a very successful engineering firm that he was focusing on. And obviously with restaurants shut down, he wanted nothing to do with it. So instead of a empty space, I offered to take over the restaurant from him and, and, and obviously he'll get the rent. And uh, it was just a mutual kind of agreement. And it just made sense for all the parties involved. So I left my wine job to take over the Rathskeller. Um, and ca- I kept the German because, you know, like I said earlier, it's Howard County's only German restaurant. So, uh, why not? Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. uh, in terms of the different concepts, um, it just didn't make sense to have two German restaurants within five minutes of each other. Um, people, I didn't want to cannibalize my own business. Um, and with two completely different vibes, that's two completely different markets that I'm, selling to um i mean if as long as you like good food uh and and nice restaurants then you know either one will speak to you but if you're not a fan of german food then we have martha's and if you're not a fan of breakfast food then we have rascaler so it's uh it's kind of goes uh hand in hand with my overall theme of how i run restaurants but um it is also varied enough so that if someone doesn't drink, then Martha's could be a, a, a nice place for someone to hang out. But if someone wants a beer with their dinner, then you have the Rathskeller. Yeah, it's awesome. What is your favorite local place to go to um, Like that's not a chain? And then tell me your favorite chain. Like in terms of just restaurants? Yeah. Um, like in Arbutus or just... Anywhere. Man, that's so hard. There's so many. There's so many cool restaurants out there. Yeah, there is. Um, let's see. Here's 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 a curveball. It's a local chain. So yeah. Um, I already know what you're gonna say. Do I? Do you? Uh, yeah, I actually yeah, really yeah. like a Middle Eastern local chain called Maiwan Kebab. Yeah. Okay. They're that's not what I found. That's not what I was gonna think. But okay. <laughs> yeah uh nice you know lots of flavor in their food very tr- uh, i mean i don't know how traditional it is but i would assume that it's pretty traditional and uh price points are 
are great. Um, and the food is delicious and my kids love it. So we, we get that about once a week. Oh, really? Wow. That's a lot for a guy who has two restaurants. Well, you know, that's funny because if you don't want to cook yourself, they don't want to cook. I cook for a living. So it's good. Yeah. How much prep time do you spend with like, I can imagine your life's got to be really hard because the amount of prep time it takes to be in a restaurant. I, I was in the food industry for a short period of time and man, I mean the amount of like coming in early in the morning, got to cut the onions, got to cut the carrots, got to cut this, got to cut that. Then coming in the evening, you got to cook the carrots, you got to cook the onions, you got to cook the steak. Like it got exhausting. Yeah, that, that is an exhausting way to go. And when I first took over the rat skeller, it was like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I would be there before open prep for the shift, run the shift, stay after to clean up, make sure that we have everything to go so that the next day when I came in, I was, you know, not stuck having to go to the grocery store and, and get carrots or onions and have it already be there for me. So when we first had the rascaler, it was a lot of hours being put in like on the physical side of the location. Um, I'm lucky enough to now have a very good team there where they're doing that. And I'm mostly focusing on Martha's or uh, other things like doing payroll or making sure, you know, my cash flow is good or uh, making sure the inventory is, 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 you know, good and hitting people up with donations or uh, who are requesting donations or local, you know, charities that are looking for food at their fundraiser, stuff like that. So that's, uh, that's as an owner, that's, uh, I I am very hands-on. I run service. I am there at the restaurant, but, but not all the time. Like, like I used to be. Yeah. No, that's awesome. You're working on the business and not in it and having two and one only being three months old. That's, that's really impressive. So that's really awesome. That's pretty amazing. Yeah. Yeah. What is your favorite food at both your restaurants? Uh, at the Ratskeller, um, it's not really... I eat a lot of stuff that's like maybe not on the menu, uh, but with a lot of ingredients that we have. So oh, you're holding out on us, Will. All right, next yeah, time well, I'm coming, I want I want what Will had for lunch. I don't know what it is, <laughs> but that's what I want. That should be on the menu, just like what Will had. Yeah, yeah. right. So on the, in the morning, I actually like two eggs and a currywurst. Dude, okay. man after my own heart. I have two eggs every single morning, Will. Every morning. Yeah. And then for lunch, uh, I usually do something along the lines of like a uh, uh, like a pork co- uh, schnitzel in a uh, pita wrap with some fries in it. And okay. then, um, I don't know. At Martha's, I really like the corned beef hash. All right. And the, the breakfast sandwich. Sweet. And what is the relationship with the other Arbution uh, uh, restaurant owners? Is there a network of them? Does everyone kind of keep to themselves? What's that? What's that whole culture like? Uh, a lot of it. I'm still kind of new because you know I've only been open for three months, but I've already become pretty good, close with uh, the guy who Antonio who owns um, Cactus Silvestre. Mm-hmm. Um, we we've gone in there a couple times and. You know, he likes to chat and he's been to Martha's a couple of times. So, um, you know, we like to support each other. Um, I'm also on in the Greater Arbutus Business Association with a couple of restaurant owners, like the guy who owns Sorrento's. Unfortunately, I forget his name. 
And then uh, the guy who owns the Fish Head Cantina. Um, so currently, as it stands right now, I mean, the the gentleman who owns Depala's has said hi to me on my way into work uh, a couple times. So there's no reason why we all couldn't, you know, get along and work together. We're not really competing in anyone's space, really. You know, Depala's and Sorrento's, Cactus Silvestre and Fish Head Cantina are four or five wildly different, different restaurants. restaurants so. The owner of uh, Cant- uh, not Cancun, um, uh, Fishhead, the owner of Fishhead owns, I know, at least two different restaurants. Oh, um, does he? Wow. Well, he obviously knows what he's doing. I mean, his restaurants has been around for a long time. I mean, when I was 18, I was visiting Fishhead Cantina. Mm-hmm. Uh, he probably would not like for me to say that, but <laughs> you know, we had some, we had some good times there and, uh, yeah, he's still around and it's been evolved. He's got the sushi thing going on. Sorry, my son is uh, in the car. Oh, you're fine. More than welcome. It's not a radio show, so you're fine. Um, yeah, uh, I could be wrong, but I am 9.99999% sure. Um, he owns Fishhead and uh, Broken Ore. And uh, it's technically Glen Burnie, but it's like Pasadena. On the water. Oh yeah, I think I've heard that actually. So you, you're probably right. Yeah, I used to have my boat there until it sunk. Rest in peace. Uh, <laughs> it's another story, Ryan. Yeah, it's I a different it. podcast. I get it. So. I, I, I got I got one more question for or at least one more question for Will. Yeah, we'll do one more and then we'll wrap it up. I, I'm curious about um, Ryan and I talk a lot about culture. I, I'm not sure if that term means a lot to you, or like you know how that that term hits you, but. My sense when I came into both of your restaurants is that the people that are there are excited about what they're doing. And and I'm not referencing any of the last restaurants that we, I'm not really thinking of the last restaurants that we just mentioned, but um, I've been in many restaurants where that's not the case. Yeah. So what do you, what do you do to create that vibe? Why, why, why is it that from the hostess at the door to the waiter or waitress, um, do I feel like an excitement? What do you do with your teams? Like, how do you, how do you, how do you make sure you have the right people? Like when you, when it comes to hiring and like, what do you right. do to maintain that? Cause it's, right. it, I can feel it when I come in. Yeah. Culture is actually a very, very important part of, of what we're about at both restaurants. Um, at the Patapsco hospitality group is the technical LLC, um, that owns the, 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 the two restaurants. Um, it's, it's very important for, for several reasons. Um, great minds think alike, but also minds that think alike can operate great. So, um, we all have a certain sense of why we're there. Um, obviously they're there to make money. Um, but at the same time, they could work at any restaurant. Why my restaurants? Right. So number one is, we have to have great food. Uh, we have to have high quality of food. We have to have a sense of putting the customer first and being hospitable. Um, so I'm happy to hear that, you know, when you're there and you're not really sure what to get, that they're helping you along. Um, and it's a general fun place to work because, uh, if they're doing their job to, if they're doing their job, well, there's no reason why their personalities couldn't be expressed. I don't use scripts that a lot of chain restaurants use that you have to say certain things uh, when you first create a table because I think it's very uh, disingenuous. Um, I want people to be themselves. I want people to be honest. 
Um, I want them to talk about the food and be excited about it. So the you can't fake that. So the only way you can, someone can be excited about the food is if you make exciting food. Um, and I want people to understand that putting your customers first is going to be beneficial for everyone. The customer will be happy. They'll be happy because they're getting their tips. Um, and I'll be happy because the customer will return. Um, so there's no reason why you should ever really piss a customer off uh, or provide subpar service because that at the end of the day, uh, that's how restaurants start tanking. That's how businesses start tanking. Um, and we do that with a variety of different methods. But one of the big methods that I'm a big proponent on is something called uh, tip pooling, where all of the servers uh, share the tips as opposed to just make the tips from their own table. I find that to be very beneficial for business owners simply because it'll, it makes them think long-term. It makes them think like, I want to make sure that everyone has a good time so that three years from now, this place will remain packed as opposed to me just only serving my tables and only caring about my tables and not caring about anyone else. Um, and what that creates is a team culture because in, when people think when people say team culture, they're thinking like, oh yeah, I'm helping him, he's helping me. But that's it, it's it goes beyond that, right? Like I'm a big sports guy, so I like to relate a lot of things to sports. It's oh, almost what's your favorite like, football team. What's your favorite football team? Uh, come on, man, it's the Ravens. But, oh yeah, uh, <laughs> let's get Ravens. <laughs> so. This is so, definitely an Arbutus podcast. My goodness. Hey, yeah, man. right. <laughs> Love it. So, yeah. We need Joe Flacco. Okay. <laughs> Just a pocket passer. All right, good. What, what makes, in my opinion, for example, like, you know, if we're talking about the Ravens, the Ravens defense, right? What made them so great, especially in the heyday of like Ed Reed and Terrell Suggs and, and, and Ray Lewis was, if you could, if you were on that defense and you weren't those three guys, they still made sure that you were performing to their standards or you would hear about it from those three guys. Right. And that's exactly the kind of culture that we have at the Rascaler because of the tip pool system. If you were a server and you provided bad service, that bad tip wasn't just a reflection of that server. That bad tip was a reflection of all of the servers that were on. So all of them had a vested interest in every single table that comes in. So even though that wasn't your table, you would still make sure their waters were full or their plates were cleaned off or they got their check in time and they were paid out properly because you would it would be in everyone's best interest. But then if you did that too often to a particular server, then you would go to someone like me and say, hey, I don't know if you've noticed this, but every time this person works, I have to pull I have to pull them up. I have to pull their weight every single time. I'm not sure if this person works. And so that unfortunately isn't like a glamorous thing to talk about, but it makes sure that everyone does a good job because your teammates are the ones that are holding you accountable as opposed to like me. So I just get back and just say, Hey, how's, how's so-and-so doing? And they're like, they're great. Or, Hey, I don't know if this is going to work out. I have to work double when this person works. It's great. I, I can literally talk to you about for an hour about football references <laughs> and business. Like if you yes, have a, a, I love it. Yeah. Like a Chad Ocosinko, he's the greatest, whatever you can have a prime time, but he's a loud mouth and uh, all yeah. these things. 
I got well, a speaking, bunch of money, but that, it doesn't not worth it. Yeah, good. Well, yes, uh, yeah, we we dealt with that last summer. Um, we had a guy who had been with me since the beginning, got to his head a little bit, and we were dishwasher called out. And I, you know, as a team mentality, I rotate the dishwashing duties between different people. Mm-hmm. So we had one cook that filled in one day, another cook that filled in another day. By the time this guy's turn was to do the dishes, he didn't want to do it. And my rule is you're not above anything. Like I would step back there and wash dishes if I had to. Yeah. Um, so if you are not going to wash dishes, this isn't going to work out. I don't care if you're the best cook that, that we have. Yeah. Um, but uh, we're, we're more than just the individual parts. We're, we're working together for for a purpose and we all move together in the in the same motion um so if you're the one that's holding us back then you're the problem um so i yeah we we had to separate because you know he was he didn't think that he he should be the one washing dishes but it was his turn yeah um i've had the yeah i've had to deal with that exact same thing and i remember talking to it um with my manager i said this guy is kind of like a Chad Cinco. He's the best player on the team, but he's like just talks about it all day, how he's the best. And if he wasn't here, the place would go down. And guess what? Right. Uh, he went down and Bellway air conditioning is still here. So right, right. what are you going to do? So, yeah, those employee things, man, they're really, really tough. I think you've done a really great job on creating a, a team culture between both restaurants, you have one that feels very masculine, one that feels feminine, and you you know the vibe going into both is equally great. Um, and the Thank food you. in both are it's local and it's high quality. So I think you've done a really good job, man. I thank you for being on the podcast with us and telling us your story because you know when people walk by, we want them to walk by and say, "Oh, I know the owner of that place just by listening to this podcast." Oh, I know his story. I know why it's called Martha's. I know why he started Rothsteller. Um, so that's our goal. So thank you for being on here, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. You're what this thing's all all about. It's all about uh, telling telling people stories. And so, yeah, thanks thanks so much for telling your story, man. I love I love the locally sourced things. I love um, supporting local. I love that you came into this community and decided to invest in it and be a part of making it um, like fully, you know, making it step up a notch. And I think that's, I think yeah. you've done that. So that's exciting, man. How do people stay yeah. connected with you? Obviously we're going to, we're going to link your websites to your restaurants, but how, how else can people stay connected with you if they want to reach out to you? Uh, you know, I run all the uh, restaurant Instagram and Facebook accounts. So uh, if you find Rathskeller, uh, the handles at Rathskeller MD. That's R A T H S K E L L E R M D. Or you can uh, follow the other restaurant at Martha's Cafe MD. Uh, you can connect with me via uh, direct message or just give me a follow. Um, or if you want to do a little bit more formal, you can just go to the websites and uh, send me an email. Awesome, man. We'll link all that uh, in the podcast uh, in the podcast notes. So thanks a lot for being with us today. All right. Awesome. Thanks.